Welcome to The Upward Journey, the podcast ministry of Upward Christian Fellowship in Flat Rock, North Carolina. St. Augustine once said, Men go abroad to wonder at the heights of mountains, at the huge waves of the sea, at the long courses of the rivers, at the vast compass of the ocean, at the circular motions of the stars, and they pass by themselves without wondering. Isn't it easy, though, to see these types of things and be in awe? Yet the truly remarkable thing about each is that their Creator tells us we have infinitely more worth than they do, and He desires to lavish His love on us. And if you're ready to explore and experience that kind of love for yourself, then join us now for our series, Wonder, as we continue the Upward Journey. We're in a new series called Wonder, and we're going to learn how to wonder again. And I don't mean wonder what happened. I mean wonder as in, wow, when's the last time something absolutely blew your mind? When's the last time? When's the last time you were out in nature and you looked at something in nature and and it was just mind-blowing? It's like, wow, that's just incredible and it's just too big for me to comprehend. You ever been to the ocean and just, that's one of my favorite places to go regularly. I need to go to the ocean once a year. I need to be, have some sand in between my toes And here's some waves crashing once a year, at least, or something goes wrong inside of me. I walk out on the ocean, and I'm just like, wow, this is incredible. No matter how many times I see it, it never gets old. The most wonderful place I ever went in my life was a place in Switzerland. I've been to Europe once, and we stopped into Switzerland. And it is like they dropped you down in the middle of a puzzle picture. Does that... Do y'all ever put together puzzles? Because I've said that, I've preached this twice now. Everybody's like, yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> you ever put together a puzzle? When I was in Switzerland with Alexa, we would walk around and look at places, and I would look over there and say, babe, I'm sure that we've put a puzzle together with that in it before. There's these beautiful mountains and these beautiful homes, simple and rustic and beautiful, and it looks like every farmer has just manicured their fields. It looks like they're mowed. I mean, it's just so gorgeous. You see bright green, and you look up, and you see snow. And I look at it, and I say, wow, that's just incredible. I believe with all of my heart that we were created to wonder. We were created as human beings to see things that blow our mind. And I believe when we see things that blow our mind and are overwhelmingly bigger than anything we can comprehend, it does something good for our soul and our spirit. When we're around something and we just wonder. Last time I was wonder, I was on the new Star Wars ride. My wife and I rode this incredible new ride. It's a Star Wars themed ride and you go into all kinds of vehicles and you meet all kinds of people and then you walk into this one big room and there's like, it looks like 500 stormtroopers there and it looks like you're on a spaceship and we walked in there and we just looked at each other and said, wow, how did they do this? This is cool. I can't figure this out. A sense of wonder is important to us, but let's just be honest. The older you get, the easier it is to lose your sense of wonder. The easier it is just to say, yeah, been there, done that. There's the ocean. That's a mountain. Another ride. Another place. 
saw a beautiful waterfall one time, and there was this guy there. There's always that guy there. And he's like, you've seen one waterfall, you've seen them all. It's possible to lose your sense of wonder. I knew a guy one time who loved the beach, and every time he's like me, every time he went to the beach, he found his soul being renewed. So he decided he was going to move to the beach. And uh, he moved to the beach, and, and I thought, man, I could just picture him out there every morning walking on the beach, drinking coffee, running on the beach. I always like to think that if I ever was able to get a house on the beach, I'd just get up every morning and watch the sun come up. So I saw him about five years after he'd been living at the beach, and I, and I asked him, I said, man, what's it like? I bet you get up and go to the beach all the time. He said, I won't tell you the truth, Andy. I haven't been out there in two years. And he lived almost in sight of the beach, And he hadn't even stepped on the sand for two years. You can lose your sense of wonder by letting things around you, even great things, get too familiar. I'm afraid at Upward Christian Fellowship that we might one day lose our sense of wonder at all the good things God is doing among us. I mean, just look around right now. This room is full. Post-COVID, this room is absolutely full. You look around, there are a few seats here. The last three weeks, we've had 1,200 people coming in. We've had over 1,200 people the last three weekends showing up here to hear God's Word, to worship, to just love each other and have a good time together. Isn't that awesome? See, that clap was so puny, I can tell you've lost a little bit already. Nice try. I'll tell you what makes me wonder. I'm sorry if I do a little bragging on on y'all, but uh, last year, last year in 2021, in the midst of a crisis, did you know we gave away over a half million dollars? Gave away over a half million dollars. Just gave it. When I look at that, I just say, wow, God, you're doing some good things. Don't let me get used to that. You know, we can lose our sense of wonder over God himself. We can actually, believe this or not, we can make God boring. And preachers are the best in the world at making God boring. I know ultimately He's not boring, but we can make Him seem boring to people. If all you've got, the world, this is how they see God if they don't know any better, right? Okay, I'm just telling you, I realize this is not true, so don't stone me. Don't send me 15 emails, okay? Uh, But just hear me. This is how the world sees God if we portray Him without wonder. They say, okay, first of all, i got to get up early on Sunday morning. One of the two days I have off, you want me to get up. And i got to put on halfway decent clothes. I can't wear my pajamas to church like I do at other places. (laughs) Don't say it. I got to get up early on one of my two days off. I got to put on some clothes. I've actually got to go talk to people. Then I got to read out of a book that's thousands of years old that I'm not sure that has any application to my life today. Then I got to stop doing some stuff that I consider really fun. And I got to start doing some stuff that really doesn't seem all that great on the surface. That's not God at all. That's not what serving Jesus is about. 
Surprise, surprise. This visit you have here on Sunday morning is just a tiny part of what your relationship with Jesus is about. If we make God boring in people's eyes, oh, we've done Him a tremendous disservice. Because we serve a God that if we know Him for who He really is, will cause us to say, wow, incredible. You ever read the Psalms? The Psalms are right in the middle of the Bible. It's uh, one of the longest books in the Bible, and uh, it's prolific. It's a, it's a book of songs, and many of them, they're so honest, they're so raw. They're songs about heartache. They're songs about disillusionment. They're songs about disappointment. They're songs about warfare, but so many of them are songs about God. Do you have a favorite psalm? There's some famous psalms. The one that most everybody would call to mind is Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. That's the one that everybody thinks about, right? There's Psalm 119, which is the longest book in the Bible. Psalm 91, secret place of the Most High. There's Psalm 51, a psalm of David's repentance. There's all kinds of famous psalms. There's one that people don't think about a lot. Just your average uh, layman doesn't consider this to be one of the best psalms. But Psalm 139 You don't hear a lot of press on that one, right? When I started talking about famous psalms, I doubt very many people thought, yes, Psalm 139. But many, many Bible scholars believe that Psalm 139 is David's magnum opus, his greatest work, even better than Psalm 23. And it's a psalm that talks about the wonder of God. And I want us just over the next couple of weeks to just camp in Psalm 139 and rediscover the wonder of God. Rediscover how great He is. Now, I'm going to give you permission to get excited. Ric Flair's in the house today. Woo! Right? I'm going to give you permission to enjoy this. But we're just going to look at this and say, wow, our God is an awesome God. And I just think we need that right now. So much is going on in the world. There's so many struggles, so many troubles, so many things to distract our attention. You turn on the news, drive by a gas station, see the price of gas. Are you all awake yet this morning? You see what's going on and it's so easy to think, man, life stinks. Let's refocus right now on the greatness of our God, how incredibly majestic and powerful and awesome He is. And it's going to lift us up and make us ready to go out and make a difference in this world. Now, this psalm is deeply theological. We're going to learn something. Theology, the word just simply means the study of God. It is deeply theological. It's also very deeply practical, and I love that about the Psalms. Theology, for the sake of being intellectual, will do you no good. Theology, for the sake of appearing smart, will do you no good. But if you can learn some theology that can turn into practical action in your life, then it's going to change your life. So it's deeply theological, deeply practical. It's also deeply doctrinal. There's a word out there today that we don't need doctrine. Doctrine is simply a set of beliefs that a group of people rally around and hold to tightly. And some people say, well, you know, we don't need a doctrine. We just need to love everybody. 
Well, the problem with that is, that is a doctrine. Heard a guy say the other day, he was in a debate, and he said this. He said, there exist no absolute truth statements. What he didn't say was, there absolutely does not exist any absolute truth. That in itself is an absolute truth statement, or it's attempting to be. There is no absolute truth, uh, except that one thing I just said. (laughs) There is truth, and there is a lie. And there is doctrine, and we need to make sure our doctrine is right and on target, especially our doctrine about God. So we're going to learn the doctrines of God. We're going to learn some big words about God. Ready? We're going to learn about God's omniscience. Can you say omniscience? Omniscience means that God knows everything. We're going to learn about God's omnipotence. Say omnipotence. Come on now, say it with me. That means God can do anything. We're going to learn about God's omnipresence. Say omnipresence. This means that God is everywhere and exists everywhere at the same time. I am excited today to announce to you, if you did not know it, that we serve a God who knows everything, can do everything, and is everywhere all at the same time, and that just fill us, should fill us with wonder. Psalm 139, we're just going to look at the first six verses today and learn about God's omniscience, how He knows everything. Psalm 139, 1 through 4, O Lord, You have examined my heart and know everything about me. You know when I sit down or stand up. You know my thoughts even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything I do. You know what I'm going to say even before I say it, Lord. That's incredible. That God knows everything about you. I want you to know this this morning. God knows everything about you. Both the good and the bad. He knows you in your strength. He knows you in your weakness. He sees you this morning striving to do your best and you're headed in the right direction. I mean, you're at church. You got up. You put on clothes. You're here. God sees that. He saw you in your weak moments this week when you did not live up to your highest ideals. And don't try to act like you didn't have some. He knows. God knows everything about you. First of all, it says, God knows your heart. The psalmist David said, Oh Lord, you have examined my heart and know everything about me. The word examine means to pierce through. Anybody like going to the doctor? You know why? They're going to pierce through. They're going to look inside. If they can't find a way to pierce through, they're going to make a way. The whole thought of being examined, I don't like. I was at a doctor some years ago and my ear got stopped up and it got infected. And my ear hurt so bad I couldn't hear anything. And then it started hurting so bad that I just couldn't stand it. And I finally broke down and went to the doctor. Can I just confess, anybody else like me? 
I go to the doctor when, when I have to sometimes. I don't, oh, amen, I got an amen there. Because um, I don't enjoy being examined. I kind of figure out what I don't know won't hurt me. Don't live that way. The doc said, we got to clear that ear out. It's stopped up. And he got this little tool, and I don't know what they call it. It was an instrument of torture. It was a tool, and it had a tiny little circle at the end. And he put that in my ear and started digging out. And tears were running down my cheeks. But all of a sudden, I could hear again. He examined in there. And he got the infection out. He said, come back in a week. I went back the next week, and I sat down there before he came in. You know that you're kind of awkwardly sitting there in the room before they walk in, waiting on the door to open. And I looked over on the tray, and that tool was there again. For the first time in my life, I stole something. I'm confessing here in front of the whole group. It's been years, but I need to get this off my chest. I put that thing in my pocket. I took it home. I probably still have it in the junk drawer somewhere. We don't like getting examined. Have you ever had a test or a scan, cat scan, a pet scan, an x-ray or something like that? Anybody other than me get really nervous when they start scanning around? Can I see your hands? It's like they might find something. And I sort of feel like I'd just rather not know. And then the scan always takes, I'm not maligning doctors, love them, thank God for them. But the scan always takes, what, two or three or five days to get the results. And those two or three or five days are like torture. When's the phone going to ring? Is it going to be good news or bad news? And that's really hard. I've had both good news and bad news before from scans. We don't like to look on the inside. You know what the Bible says? God has pierced through our facade, our image, our reputation, our body, soul, and spirit. And he's looked at us from the inside. And he knows us down to our DNA. Do you know God knows how many hairs you have on your head this morning? The average human being has about 100,000 hairs on their head. You've learned something this morning. About 100,000. And they say most of us lose 50 to 100 of them a day. Mainly when you're in the shower. That's why you got to clean that drain out. You know God knows exactly how many hairs are on every one of our heads right now. He knows how many you've lost in the shower this morning. He knows you to your depths. He knows everything about you. He knows your heart. God knows your actions. Says the psalmist said, you know when I sit down or stand up, He knows whenever I move. If I get up off the couch, God knows it. If for some reason I decide to get up off the couch, God knows it. Any of you get a dog like that? That if you move, they're in high alert. Where's he going now? What's he doing? Is he moving towards my food or not? I have two dogs like that. God knows when you move. 
God knows, now this gets scary, God knows, it says, you know my thoughts. Now I'm getting a little worried about that one. What if we said that we had installed something new at the church? I'm not saying we haven't, so you better think about this. We've installed, what if I told you we've installed scanners at every door that can read your thoughts. And we have recorded every thought that you have thought about for the past 24 hours. And we're going to stay here and play all those on the screens with your name on it. How many be ready to check out right now and just go home? I'd be running for the, I'd be running for the door myself. You can hide your thoughts to people a lot of times, but the Bible said, God knows my every thought. God knows, the psalmist said, you see me when I travel and when I rest at home. God knows your location. You're never in a place that God doesn't know you're there. When my children started driving, we discovered the wonderful app Life360. Anybody say hallelujah? Parents, hallelujah for Life360. When my daughter's traveling from school, I watch her all the way home. Call me paranoid. I love my daughter. I want to know where she is. I'll ask my wife if I've not got my phone and say, you know where Danielle is? Where is she? She's in Statesville. Well, good. How fast is she driving? Tells you that too. God has a life 360 on us. He knows every moment where we are. And he's with us. One of our good friends at Upward passed away this week. Some of you know Henry Lysing. He's one of our dear, dear friends. He was an ever-present person in this church. Big, tall, white-haired man. One of the most precious men I've ever known. A dear friend of this church. He left a small group on Monday night and started driving home. And he must have gotten sick. And he pulled over just less than a mile from church and uh, collapsed. And the paramedics came and took him to the hospital and He went to be with Jesus. I love to think of someone just leaving small group and going right to heaven. He died doing what he loved. I was really upset about it because it really bothered me, and I was talking to Greg about this this week. The thing that bothered me most is I, I was saying in my heart, Henry died alone. But Then I got to praying about that. And the Holy Spirit witnessed to my heart and said he wasn't alone. God knew right where he was. And the moment he was about to cross over into heaven, Jesus was there to welcome him home. He was never alone for a second. Because God knows our location. God also knows, the psalmist said, now this gets scary. You know what I'm going to say even before I say it. I don't even know what I'm going to say. I hope it'll come out okay. Have you ever said something and thought, did I say that? God knew you were going to say that. Even the bad things. I was invited to go to a meeting some years ago, fly all the way across the United States to the West Coast to be on a committee to diagnose problems and to figure out directions of a very large organization. And they asked me to come and talk about it. And, and they wanted my opinion on some things. And, and those of you that know me know that, that I'll give you my opinion. 
sometimes before you ask for it. But I've tried to learn to wait till people ask for my opinion to give it. But I have no problem giving my opinion about something. Well, I'm in this committee, and, and they had this difficult problem they were struggling with, and they turned to me, and they said, Anthony, uh, what do you think about this? Give us your opinion. So I did. And it was really blunt and fairly harsh. And when I got those words out of my mouth, it's like all the air went out of the room. Like, <gasps> and I thought, what in the world did I just say? I spoke truth, but I said it in such a way that I sounded arrogant, even condescending. And I just had to ask forgiveness for that. When I read this psalm, sometimes I'm like, God, you knew I was going to say that before I did. Why didn't you stop me? If my wife had that power, I would say a lot less. God knows, even my words, He knows everything about us. Here's what I want you to get out of this. One of the deepest needs of the human heart is to be known. We want to be known, don't we? Don't we? You seen social media lately? Every one of you here on social media, maybe not every, but many of you here, many watching, many people on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, whatever it is. Um, I know very little about all that, but everybody on it wants a few more followers because they want to be known. I've got this many followers, I've got 4,000, I've got 2 million. We want to be known. We want people to notice us. We not only want them to notice us, we want them to, to just know us. The problem with social media gives a real... I mean, there's some good to social media. There are some good things about it. But the problem is, it gives the illusion of being known and loved when those people really don't know you. They really don't. You're not fully known on social media. Why? Because you only present the picture you want to present. Most people's social media image is just carefully crafted. You don't wake up in the morning and take a picture of yourself. Oh, here I am, living my best life. <laughs> you put the nicest places and the nicest meals and the nicest clothes. People want to be noticed. You ever see somebody that started getting dressed and didn't finish before they went outside? They left a lot uncovered that should have been covered up. Know what I'm talking about? You ever seen anybody like, they didn't quite finish. You need to cover that up. That's not to condemn. That person wants to be noticed. You ever seen anybody just do something outlandish with their appearance? They want to be known. Here's the problem. I want to be fully known, but I also want to be fully loved. And I'm afraid if I'm fully known, I won't be fully loved. We are fully 
known by God. He knows you better than I do, better than your spouse does. He knows you better than you know yourself. I challenge anybody here to tell me exactly how many hairs are on your head this morning. God knows you better than you do. The problem is how to be fully known and fully loved. Because I kind of figure people love me more if they don't know everything about me. And that's what dating is about. (laughs) Go out with somebody, put on your best clothes, take them to a nice restaurant where it's dark, you'll look better. Make sure every hair's in place. Come up with a good story about yourself. Be really polite. Be interested in them. We hide, though, on dates, don't we? Now, I don't date anymore. Let's establish that. (laughs) Noted. But we hide, right? We conceal stuff. I mean, you can buy stuff called concealer. I saw a shirt the other day that'll make you slimmer. Did y'all know that can happen? Had nothing to do with diet. You didn't have to work out or diet at all. You just put on this shirt and you'll be slimmer. I hate to confess, but I tried one of them on. <laughs> I did. I just had to see. I'd like to look slimmer, but I just want you to know after I got that shirt on, first thing I said is, I could never preach in this. Because I can't breathe. (laughs) We want to hide. We want to cover up. We want to conceal who we are. When you're dating, let me just tell you, the problem between dating and marriage is this. It's so easy to create and put forth an image when you're dating. When you live with somebody, when you're married to them, they find out who you really are. Amen. Everybody's like, yep, that's true. You find out about a person things that you don't like. You find out the bad. And you think, is my love for them enough to get over that? Is that not just reality? Do I love this person enough? To deal with that. We want to be known. We need to be known. The old King James Bible. I'm going to get in trouble if I go down this path. I can see it already. God made a wife for Adam. And he put Adam to sleep and he created Eve because Adam was not complete by himself. So he created Eve and puts her in the garden. Adam wakes up and he sees Eve. And the Hebrew is so complicated, for real. It's so complicated. They translate it bone and by bone, flesh and by flesh. The real tone of the Hebrew is, oh my, wow. She's incredible. Unbelievable. Adam was in a state of wonder. When he saw Eve the first time. 
Adam says, uh, the Bible says this about when Adam and Eve got together. I'm trying to be delicate here for once. When Adam and Eve got together, the King James says, Adam knew his wife. Church kid of the 1970s and 80s, awkward moment with the parent when he's little, and says, Daddy, what does that mean? Adam knew his wife. You know what that means? So interesting to me, the word is new. I've often said this, I didn't intend to say this today, but the, the act of man and woman coming together, I'm trying to be careful, we got kids, but the act of man and woman coming together is not as much about ecstasy as it is about intimacy. I'm just going to drop the mic, walk away. <laughs> the world today will tell you it's ex- ecstasy, but the truth is it's more intimacy We want to be fully known, fully uncovered, and fully loved at the same time. That's tough. I've heard people say this, I know people love me, but if they really knew the real me, they wouldn't. Here's what I want you to get today, and I want you to take this away, and I want you to be in wonder of it this week. We are fully loved by the God who fully knows us. That means whether you're a Christian or not. You may be here this morning trying to figure out if all this is real or not. We're glad you're here. You may not have made a decision about Jesus. You may hate church. You may come here with spiritual wounds. You may follow another religion. I don't know. But I want you to understand this. God knows you to your core. And He loves you right where you are right where you are, just as you are right now. There's nothing you can do to make Him love you anymore. Say, so what about, uh, doesn't He love me more when I come to church? Well, it's a good thing to come to church. It's a good thing to read your Bible. It's a good thing, to, wonderful thing to walk in righteousness, to walk away from evil. All those things are good. Does sin make God love me any less? It doesn't make Him love you any less. It just gets in the way of a relationship with you and Him being all that He wants to be in your life. It blocks that. It stops that. But He loves you right now, just like you are. He loves you fully and completely. And that doesn't change based on your performance. I am fully known by an omniscient God and fully loved by Him at the same time. That's an incredible thought. I'm going to tell you really quickly, because I don't have time, what this God does in your life. The psalmist says, the God who fully knows me and fully loves me, he said, God, you go before me. Meaning, he goes ahead into our future. Whatever you're worried about happening tomorrow, God's already there. Anybody got a doctor's appointment tomorrow? God's already been to your doctor's appointment. He's there now. 
You got a meeting tomorrow you're not looking forward to? Anybody got a phone call you got to make tomorrow and you're like, oh, Lord, I got to call that person. God's already on it. It says, God's already in your future. The psalmist said, Lord, you come along behind me. You got anything from your past that's chasing after you? God gets in between you and your past. The God who knows everything goes ahead of you, goes behind you. In fact, the psalmist said, the word is, surrounds me. The God who knows you and fully loves you surrounds you, your past, your present, and your future. The psalmist said, God, this knowledge is simply too wonderful for me. You're in front of me. You're behind me. I left this out. You put your hand of blessing on my head. Any of you ever just put your hand on your kid's head? Don't look at that. Don't go there. Go here. The God who knows all has put his hand on your head as his child. And David said, God, such knowledge is just too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. Can I challenge you with this? Don't try to figure this out. Just revel in it. Can I say this again? Don't try to figure this out. Revel in it. Your brain could drown in all this. But your heart can swim in it. The God that knows me fully from inside out loves me completely and surrounds my life forward and behind. Can you just roll around in that this week? Can you just rejoice in that this week? And can we just wonder in that this week? God's omniscience and His love. Let's pray together. Jesus, we love You so much and thank You for today, for the opportunity to love You, to serve You, to hear Your Word, to worship You this morning. God, our hearts, our minds, our spirits have been enlarged today as we worship You together and as we learn about an all-knowing God who knows us from the inside out and loves us fully. May that sink into our hearts and lives today. Every head bowed, eye closed across this sanctuary. How many would just say, Pastor, today? I want to say yes to the God who knows me, to His Son, Jesus Christ. Can I see your hands? I just want to say yes to the God. God bless you. Thank you for that. Others, I just want to say yes to the God that loves me and the God who knows me. This is what I've learned, friends. You can just rest that God's going around you. He has you surrounded. And I've learned this. God said to me again and again, son, take your hands off the steering wheel. Let me drive. I wonder if anybody here would just say, Pastor, I need to take my hands off the steering wheel and let the God who knows everything 
drive and guide my life. Can I see your hands this morning? I see a bunch of those. My hands off the steering wheel. The God who knows me and loves me is going to drive my life forward. It's as simple as this. You may be watching online and you're ready to say yes to Jesus Christ. Pray this prayer with us. Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me, for dying for me, for giving your life to wash away my sins. I surrender to you, the God who fully knows me and fully loves me. My life is yours. Amen. Amen. If you've not yet been to First Step, would you come have lunch with us today? If you're part of Upward and you've been coming here and you want to get to know us a little better and give us a chance to get to know you a little bit better, we have a lunch right after second service today. It'll be right out in the lobby. We'll tell you about the church. We'll get to know each one of you personally and uh, give you an opportunity to get connected in a deeper way, and we want that. So please uh, do that. Secondly today, we are giving an offering to the Ukraine. Uh, The Ukraine, the people of the Ukraine are in our prayers as they should be. We're believing God for protection and for strength for them. We have planted a couple of churches in Ukraine, been a partner to help plant a couple of churches there. We're partners with about 240 churches in the Ukraine. And I received a letter today from a church leader, one of our partner church leaders in Ukraine. And our churches over there are becoming places of refuge and of safety where people can come and get relief goods, get food, and have a place to hide if necessary. So we're going to be giving an offering, and it's going to those churches so that they can be a light of hope for Jesus in their communities all over the Ukraine. So we're going to be giving over the next couple of weeks to the Ukraine. If you want to give something here in person... If you have cash, put it in an envelope, write Ukraine on it, drop it in the box. If it's a check, write Ukraine in the memo line. If you give online, there'll be a drop-down box with an option to designate your offering toward the Ukraine. But we want to show up in a big way and bless these people and help our brothers and sisters in the Ukraine to continue to show the love of Jesus in a tough time like this. Are you excited about that? Let's give generously upward. Let's make a difference across the world today. I want to bless you right now. And I want to bless you with this right now. I bless you with authenticity. One of our key values at Upward is authentic relationships. And I want to bless you today that you can be who you are in Jesus Christ without fear. You can know that because God fully knows you and fully loves you, that you don't have to look for that love somewhere else. That can be who you are in Him. With your unique personality, your unique gifts, you can boldly be authentically you. Authentically Jesus in a world that needs Him so badly. That's my blessing over you today. Now go out of this place. I commission you in the power of the Holy Spirit. And take Jesus to somebody. To change their world. Amen. Amen. Love y'all. Thanks for being here today. Thanks for packing this house this morning. See you again next week. Thanks so much for listening to this week's Upward Journey. If you would like to find out more about Upward Christian Fellowship in Flat Rock, North Carolina, you can look up our website at ucf.cc or like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Fellowship. We invite you to join us next week as we continue the Upward Journey.